Tales from the Orca, a film podcast starring T Panda and the BFG. I'm T Panda, and with me, as always, is the BFG. Brian, how are you doing? Joey, I can't complain one bit. The weather's been hot lately, but I'll take it. I'll take that over cold weather any day. I know. Uh, I know you were struggling with it. You can't complain. I, All right. I can't complain. I, I can complain because I love cold weather. I hate the hot. I sweat. <laughs> I sweat real bad, man. I sweat. I sweat horribly as well. I'm, I'm wearing a. I wear a suit, a hair suit, all the time. Yeah, but it's uh, it's it is un, unreasonably hot right now, and it's melting my brain. Uh, I was I thinking. Think, about, I think it's it, it's more that it's hot all day like there's no respite yeah it's like hot at 10 o'clock in yeah. the damn morning yeah like, yeah what is going on i was thinking on the way over here brian what's a good uh movie where the the uh the hot summer is a character in the movie Ooh, i've got one but you let me see if you let me uh you you say yours and all right so give me, give me two seconds to think about mine. mine is the spike lee joint uh, summer of Sam. Oh, okay. I don't know if you right. see. Have you seen that movie? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, where it's like it's very like it's a hot summer, and they're dealing with the do the right thing would also be another. Yeah, do the right thing. The, the, the right weather thing. is a very the important part another, of that. The heat part of that. and the it's a it's a theme in Spike Lee stuff. They perhaps <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah, and summer heat, the heat makes people do crazy things. Yeah, and summer of Sam they they like have these blackouts where they like the power goes out and mm-hmm. then the AC is out and like they're burning up and people are getting in the bathtub with like ice in it and stuff and like that. Dogs yeah. talk to mailmen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Crazy shit happens. Yeah, serial killings happen. Uh, well, based the one that just jumped off the top of my head was uh, Body Heat with uh, yeah. William Hurt and yeah. um, Kathleen Turner because mm-hmm. that whole movie it just looks humid. Yeah, like, everything. I, I feel hot watching that movie. Yeah. Granted, there's some steamy sex in that movie, but like everybody I, that would be another fun topic i think to do is uh like the ultimate sweaty movies like sweaty movies sweaty yeah. movies where you yeah know, everybody sweats seems the like whole the time. movie yeah. top gun would have to be number one because everybody <laughs> everybody sweats <laughs> yeah. in top gun yeah there's beads the of sweat we'll have, we'll say it's the top gun honor our, our memorial list or something so neither one of us can choose top gun Just all the things about top and, gun that we yeah, want to talk about yeah. Right? um yeah but uh the, speaking of spike lee i finally uh just to go into what i been watching this week yeah, yeah. i finally watched uh, black klansman the other night oh yeah what'd you and, think and uh i thought it was fantastic i, really I think it's his it. best movie in years years um and really just a great i mean with spike lee you know you're gonna get like he's not subtle no he's gonna hit you over the head with the things he wants you to know and sometimes that works great and you get a movie like do the right thing and sometimes right. it doesn't work as well right. and then every once in a while he does a movie like uh inside man where it's kind of separate from that sort almost, of stuff but almost like doesn't even like you wouldn't have, unless i told you that was a spike lee movie you wouldn't even realize that it was a spike yeah movie. occasionally he hits a movie like that which are also good but like i do like his movies where he's real because that's his strength is like he puts yes, his message into it for sure and i thought the way he like integrated into the movie and all the metaphors and things he used and i don't know i just thought it was a really effective movie and the acting was fantastic the, um, the scene that really stood out to me was that they got harry belafonte oh yeah he was telling I don't know. I, 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 I need to do some research on that, but I think he was telling a story personally from his life. Right. Because I, I think that made it much more real. Of a lynching. Of a lynching. Yeah. yeah. That was and then they cross cut that with the indoctrination into the KKK yeah. uh scene with Adam Driver's character. So and, it's sort of like this innocuous, like it's easy to show the KKK as people and like they're right. just doing it in, in, in you know, they're having their ceremony and stuff. But then the flip side of it is like, no, this is the the end result of their actions of right. these things is that people get killed uh people get terrorized and yeah it was just a great great movie nice amount of like there was actually like a lot of happy shit in that movie yeah. like there's like that yeah. scene where the uh, fantastic use of music where they go to the nightclub it's like the black nightclub yes. and they're yes. dancing and that scene's hot because you yes. see people sweating and yep. stuff but they're yep. dancing to this like early disco music mm-hmm. and they're just having a good time like I people really having a good time early, like from a civil rights perspective i liked the early like the when they go to see stokely car michael speak yeah and just you have all of that stuff and you build i mean you really see all facets of Mm -hmm. but then they're also they're in colorado yeah it's like this weird like when you think about civil rights and you think about uh you know people marching and protesting and all that like you don't think of colorado of you wouldn't think of call yeah you think of the south you think of like places where it's more 
polarized and pronounced than it is in right. like Colorado, you would think that they maybe just don't have that many issues, but it just showed you that like it was a great venue for it because it is like, oh shit, this is happening here too. Right. And, and I feel like that's, you know, the civil rights movement in itself, it, it happens everywhere. Yeah. And, and it's not mm-hmm. just in the South where people tend to know, nope. well, like, whoa, Montgomery and Selma and places like that. No, I mean, it's everywhere. So, yeah. Uh, I really dug it. Uh, it was, it was my number one favorite movie of last year. I think it was, should have won best picture easily. easily. Like, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen green book, so I don't know, but green, green book is it's, it's a perfectly fine movie, but one that is 20 years too late. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's pandering. In places. Yeah. Now characters were played excellently. Uh, Mahershala is Mahershala Ali's fantastic actor. Great. Put like him in anything. One of the want. great actors of our time easily, right now. Like, easily. As much as I like Mahershala though, I don't think that he deserved it for, uh, for Moonlight though. For his performance for, in that? For his, because one, I felt like his performance was so small. Right. That it did not warrant a best supporting actor. Right. Well, he, he you know, he's going to get more. Oh, for sure. No, <laughs> he's no. Gonna like, he, he, more got it, he got he is, it for Green Book. He did get it for Green Book, didn't he? So, so that's two. That's and two. he's going to get he's more. He's only going to get more. He's just now hitting his stride. He's for not sure. even getting offered the great parts yet. No, he's yet, not I even getting think, the lead so. parts yet. Yeah. But like, I knew the first thing I remember seeing Mahershal Ali in was. Um, house of cards he was in uh he was like the one of the lobbyists yeah that he worked was with frank um, underwood yeah. uh in the first couple he's seasons. great and he's remy, remy. Yeah, play, yeah, yeah, yeah and does a great and i was like man who is this guy and then they just kept putting him in more stuff and i'll one-up you on that i was first ex- exposed to him in uh the 4400 which was a sci-fi show on okay. usa network where all these people were abducted by aliens okay. and then returned at one time from all these they are abducted from different periods of time and they return them all at the same time and they're all the same age and he was this uh, fighter pilot from like the 50s that gets brought back oh that's cool and like his character is like shit I have to live in modern society now and stuff so he was really good in that they, the show they never finished the show so I can't really recommend it it doesn't really have an ending but okay I remember uh, hearing about it but then I think that was one it was, of the things why I never started it was because I heard yeah. it didn't have an ending so yeah it was a real buzzy show I mean it was like kind of you know the hot thing before right. it was kind of I think pre-lost but okay. it had the same kind of I felt the same way but kind, of, kind of about uh, I don't know if you ever watched Alcatraz Alcatraz was kind of the same way I never watched that um, no. same sort of concept like yeah. uh, all these guys disappeared like the reason they shut Alcatraz down was because there was a mysterious incident where all the people from Alcatraz disappeared okay and then they all come back in, right like modern day mm-hmm. and it's them trying to find all these people and each episode dealt with like one of the oh, okay. prisoners of Alcatraz that sounds kind of cool yeah yeah and uh, it had a lost kind of feel because it had flashbacks and flash forwards and yeah all kinds fish of stuff. out of water stuff yep, yep, yep. yeah <laughs> gotcha but uh so, yeah. yeah so that's what i was you, you've been watching anything exciting uh, I, I saw john wick three last night which okay. uh for what it was. we talked about it at brunch and then yeah. you went to see it yeah i did last uh, night i, I did so. go see it last night it's uh, a memorial day tradition i usually go see a movie on memorial day uh my right. mom and i used to do that a lot <clears throat> so <clears throat> Uh, yeah, no. Uh, if you've seen the other two John Wick movies, you know exactly what you're getting into. But I will say one of the early fight scenes was absolutely amazing. Well choreographed, uh, insane action. And I feel like other than some of the like slitting and cutting and stuff, which obviously didn't really happen because you're not going to cut people for real. Right. Um I, it looked very realistic. Did not okay. Look, did not look computer graphics or, or anything like that. I mean, it looked really cool. And uh, Keanu Reeves still killing it. Uh, let that guy do action movies. Yeah, man. Uh, thankfully, Keanu Reeves hasn't had any kind of scandals or anything to let us down. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, let us have Keanu Reeves, please. Yeah, yeah just let, let us keep uh, let us keep Keanu. Let us have Keanu. Give me, yeah. Give me Bill and Ted three. Yeah. Uh, at some point. Uh, I mean, unless Keanu's done something, then fuck that guy. <laughs> I want to think, like, think he's a nice guy. I, I, you know, he's got like a kiddie porn dungeon or something. Like. <laughs> Let's hope not, man. <laughs> I've lost all, you know, I, I you never know now, like what's going to happen. Yep. I'm just always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yep. People, people get crazy about stuff like that. They sometimes. do. Yeah. It's a uh, man. The truth comes out. Um, all right. So our topic tonight, I'm excited about it is top five female characters in film. These are our top five, meaning these are the top five characters, female characters in the history of film that mean something to us or that we really appreciate yep. or that just speak to us in some way. So, uh, it's a, it was a tough list, but I had, I feel good about my picks. I, I had a lot of names down and, yeah. uh, I, I look at it from a standpoint of these are the ones that I feel 
just one represent women mm-hmm. very well but also two uh that they just they're kick-ass in their own way yeah that stand on their own stand regardless their own. of gender like if you look at them from a totally just standalone like these would be women who just would kick ass in real life uh fictional or non-fictional um but i i i just like the message that they all kind of represent and and put forward i had a couple of honorable mentions uh yeah, just uh, real quick uh, i had uh marion ravenwood from indiana jones yeah uh mm-hmm. she, she you know great character great holds character. her own against holds her own. i mean like great... you're going toe-to-toe with indiana jones uh, but even more dominant than him in so many scenes yeah like, just like he is unsure of himself a lot in that mm-hmm. movie and she is she, she is never wavers like, and like yeah. I'm, I'm here. This is who I am, and this is what I'm about. Great, great character. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one was um, the bride from Kill Bill movies. Yeah, I considered that one too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and I feel I feel like the only reason it was because had she been more of a mysterious character and we hadn't found everything out about her, I th- yeah, I think that she would have been a better, maybe a top fiver. Uh, but <laughs> Kill Bill Two, as much as I, I like Kill Bill Two better than I do Kill Bill One, yeah. Uh, but you find out too much about her. I feel like. Yeah, and, well, that's the problem with having that <laughs> two films for yeah. that. You know, <laughs> like, it could have been one film probably and had, it, it had probably more mystery. And then he could have revisited it later or something, mm-hmm. but yeah. uh, great choices for that. Is that yeah. all your honorable mentions? Uh, and then I, I threw I threw Belle in for uh, Beauty and the Beast okay. because yeah. uh, I feel like that was maybe the first Disney character, first Disney princess, quote unquote, I guess, uh, that had more to say than just like, oh, let this prince come rescue me. And Yeah, she uh, has a lot of agency in that movie mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, makes and, a lot of decisions. And, and plus, too, yeah. uh, you know, I dig smart chicks, so she, she, she reads. Yeah. And... Uh, even though I, I I come off more of a Gaston type character at times, <laughs> uh, I, I think me and Bill would get along. Hopefully, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. We, we will talk. We'll, we'll I'm, check I'm, your I'm, fan fiction out yeah. later on it. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> the thing that I noticed in doing this, the sad thing was I noticed that like, man, like female representation in old Hollywood films is like very lacking. No, oh, it's terrible. It's really I, a shame. All of, my, like, all of my picks, I feel, are from like 1985 forward yeah i have a couple of older ones but i i tend to trend like for these lists and things i tend to like be more of a fan of more modern cinema right like i'm like 70s and up yeah sort of guy yeah. um I, you I, see I, that from my list i tried i tried i went back and i looked. did too and it's and there's like these great uh small roles in films yes and things but just n- it's so few where they just let them just fly i, I feel and like be a character and it's and, it's not even so much characters in the movies i feel like there's like those handful of actresses that were allowed or that were that stood on their own and were like i don't give a fuck what you're gonna tell me Catherine hepburn was one of those people Uh uh-huh uh, she did very much what she wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, Faye Dunaway was another one and Faye Dunaway and network. Yeah. Uh, oh, she's fantastic. She's, she's fantastic. Yeah. So Honorable mention good. for that. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Faye Dunaway and network. Yeah. Uh, Shirley MacLaine was also another one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she kind of did her own uh, beat to her beat to uh, beat of her own drum there. Uh, but the old school Hollywood, like formulaic Hollywood system, Hollywood. Yeah. Just, you just see between. they're just marketed to white middle-aged men, yes. all these movies. And, and you don't see a lot. Of, you don't see a lot of minorities, and I feel like that's nope. something also I feel was lacking on my personal list. Uh, Me too. Me too. I felt uh, bad like, about that. Like too, I, I, so, I don't have yeah. a lot of uh, ethnicity within within my list. But Hollywood and films have been so white for so long. I yes. think that trend is changing. It, now. I really feel it, and is. Um, I'm hoping that it continues to. And I hope that if I revisited this list in five years, I would maybe have a whole different list mm-hmm. uh, with with some other other characters on it. But um, I try to just remain impartial and just pick the the ones that were like truly the right. ones that spoke to me. Yep. Um, my honorable mentions: I had a uh, uh, Jackie Brown. Okay. From Jackie Brown, starring you know the great Pam Greer. Pam Greer. Who uh, fantastic. You know, great in black exploitation films of old and just wonderful in that movie. I saw um, Foxy Brown recently. Which, okay. Yeah. Uh, which was actually not the worst movie for black exploitation films. Right. Because there's a lot. I, I've seen a lot of black exploitation films. Yeah. I took uh, a course on it in college. So from, I was yeah, like, I have, a, I think that. I have a whole movie pack over here somewhere. It's like yeah. 70s urban cinema, which mm-hmm. is basically just black exploitation yeah, films. Uh, like Fred Williamson with like all those Fred Williamson movies that he yeah. made. Uh, but 
no foxy brown excellent movie and uh where's the other one she made it was uh there was like the foxy brown and the other one that was like really well known uh, coffee yeah yeah coffee. coffee yeah coffee and uh, i haven't seen that one i but, haven't either but, but foxy uh, brown she's good. a great actress and like R- really just holds her own yeah uh so another one on my list is uh lucy lien from crouching tiger hidden dragon that's okay. michelle yo's character okay who is just tragic and beautiful and strong and um vulnerable too and just a it's that movie's like pretty rad i remember um, going to see that in theaters with my parents because that was a big like that was the it movie that everybody yeah. had to go see because everybody was talking about it and uh it i've seen it maybe once since that theater mm-hmm. and th- I've got it. It's it's in the stacks over here. Yeah. Uh, but it, it has been a long time since I've seen that movie all the way through. That movie's like this beautiful poem that's like punctuated by all these crazy action sequences. That's how know? I feel it's about... Like really, uh, I felt the same way about House of Flying Daggers. Yeah. Did you ever see that one? Uh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I felt the same way. I feel like they're almost like a like a tandem yeah a pair uh, and there is a sequel to crouching tiger hidden dragon that came out straight to netflix really? i don't know if you heard about that no, but it's about a about year that. ago i think i don't think it was very well received but right. um yeah it, it, yep speaking of sequels that nobody asked for i saw that backdraft 2 came what? out what <laughs> it came 2. out yeah yeah it's it's not in the, it was like straight to video uh but how long ago did it was like the... last month what yeah no the, the movie that nobody asked i didn't for. want to backdraft one <laughs> that's ron howard isn't it yeah ron fuck, howard, fuck ron ron howard, howard. Kurt russell and uh billy uh, oh man, uh, Billy Baldwin. Yeah, Billy Baldwin. And uh, yeah, no. Oh God. All right, moving on. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> totally honorable mention to <laughs> honorable mention to uh, Angela Bassett's portrayal of Tina Turner, Ooh, which I yeah. think is like one of the greatest acting like feats of acting of our you know of history. Like, just What's love wonderful? Got to do with it, right? I love Angela Bassett and everything that she's in. I only didn't put her on the list because I felt like Tina Turner wasn't a character; it's like a person. Right. My, just the way that I yeah, structured yeah, yeah. my list, I was more about like fictional characters, but she could have easily been on there. Yep. Um, maybe she should have been on there, but she's you know just wonderful in that movie. Like I, I well, recently saw that. Well, uh, reserving of all accolades, she ago. got her and Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne yeah, uh, great both. man. Where's Lawrence Fishburne gone? Like he was he around. Was John he was Wick, so John great. Wick oh, is he really? Yeah, yeah. That's good. Good to know. <laughs> yeah, he actually plays a. Well, he was in John Wick too, and then I was like, holy shit, there's Lawrence Fishburne. I'm like, there, there's the Matrix team up that nobody asked for, but they got. Uh, but yeah, he was in John Wick two and in John Wick three, and he plays a pretty badass character. He's got some good lines. Uh, yeah. Yeah. both of those movies but yeah you're right Lawrence Fishburne was everywhere and then just like dropped just, off the yeah, map yeah didn't yeah I tell you another underrated Lawrence Fishburne role was uh, King of New York yeah uh, mm-hmm. with uh, with Christopher Walken yeah and he plays like a young young punk in that one but good role good role for him yep all right um, so go let's get started with your number five yeah number five i'm gonna go with uh mary from there's something about mary okay yeah uh that was my number five the thing i love about cameron diaz as mary in that movie is she is so much her own person not dictated not not pulled down by anybody's opinion of her uh she is such an independent freewheeling fun character uh she lives you know she does her own thing she's a dentist and like uh independently like doesn't need a man even though ben stiller pines all all these men pine after her and everything and she doesn't need any of them uh but yet has that soft side and has that family connection and it's just like it is very much that weird like girl next door but also like insanely hot uh cameron diaz uh when she was still just like coming into her own i feel like uh in the in the in the early to mid 90s there but she has this very unique quality about uh she doesn't give a fuck what anybody thinks and she also i feel has this weird like she lives in the bubble in the beautiful person bubble right where all these things happen to her but would never happen to other people uh but she's cameron diaz just plays her with such a a plum like footloose style and it works for whatever reason uh and and i feel like without her in that role the movie would not have been the same uh, a lot of people tend to focus on like the male actors in that movie and like everything that was going on but i feel like without cameron diaz without that character of mary then the whole movie itself just falls apart well you know historically on this show we have not uh we, we're very much fans of screwball comedies and things like that so i think it's like very fitting to be on this list because she is fantastic in that movie i think that's probably the role that really pushed her 
that that like took that was her the beginning from, of yeah, the like yeah. really rise of her 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 popularity. She'd been in a handful of movie handful of movies before that, but that was both I think like both her and Ben Stiller. I think that launched. Yeah, that, that movie careers. was a phenomenon at the mm-hmm, time. Like mm-hmm. people just could not get enough of it. So does that predate uh, Dumb and Dumber? No, that's it's after, after, Dumb, after and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. They I'm just had sure. a string. They had some the Fairly Brothers, Fairly Brothers just had a good were, run there. Winning and then Kingpin. Kingpin's another classic. Kingpin is great too. Man, Woody Harrelson in that movie. Oh man, Bill Murray in that movie. Yeah. And so, a, a very underrated Randy Quaid. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, no Mary from something about Mary. And I think the one thing that was a big selling point for me as a, as a kid in the nineties was, uh, she was a 49ers fan and, uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and I am also a 49ers fan yeah. where I'm like, woman I mean, after your Brett Favre, how hot shit was Brett Favre in like 1997? Yeah. He was fresh off a of Super Bowl. The gunslinger, man. Yeah. Yeah. And just killing it. All right. Yeah. Beefcake carved out of the, you know, Mississippi mm-hmm. mud down there, you know, and, uh, and then dumps Brett Favre to be with Ben Stiller. And I think that gave me as like this nerdy <laughs> there's some hope yeah yeah like this i'm like i'm like well maybe you're still you're, you're telling, telling me there's, there's a, a chance, chance. yep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's so great. yeah that's number five Mary. good pick well my number five is um it is, it is an older film an older hollywood film okay but uh, i'm a big fan of villains in uh cinema and right i think this is one of the greatest uh villains in in any cinema of any in the history of cinema and uh that's the wicked witch of the west okay and from uh the wizard of oz portrayed by margaret hamilton okay and just an iconic character that we've talked many times on this show about like things that become a character of themselves like oh, yeah. she is a witch like the, the pointy hat and everything was like not super associated with the, the right. with a witch like a the, yeah. the traditional knowledge like of, a witch, of a witch that's the you first think thing of the wicked pop- witch of the yes. west and she's fantastic in that movie and she's like uh, to the bone evil oh yeah in it in a way that's like terrifying and my sister is still scared of the wizard of oz she's terrified of flying really? monkeys really? when the shit when it came on tv she wanted to watch it so bad and she could not get through it i don't know if she's ever finished the movie because she's terrified of the witch sending those flying monkeys out and i think that this is a testament of how powerful that character is wow and uh, and famously uh, margaret hamilton uh, was kind of like she had uh mixed emotions about the role because she was really sad that like children were afraid of her okay and she actually went on sesame street and on mr rogers neighborhood several times to, okay. and she would go on in character and then take the everything like the right, hat right. off and be like right. i'm actually a person i'm just playing a role and <laughs> don't be afraid of me kids yeah, and stuff. I, I can't think of one other thing so, that Margaret hamilton would have been in yeah well uh, other things that she was in yeah yeah like other movies she had a lot of uh, I, I just i did some research and she was in a lot of stage plays she okay. was big on the theater okay. and i the, think she had the theater the theater uh she Acting. had a lot of a lot of bit bit parts in other movies that okay. you would probably if you, you would miss her because she's not right. in makeup right, so right, right, you right. don't necessarily know what she looks like but um yeah i just think she's just a great character and i had to like represent villains on my list good call I'm just such a big fan of that sort of thing and i'm not even a huge wizard of oz fan i like the movie fine yeah yeah yeah. um you know it's i think it's, it's hit or miss some of the visuals are really awesome in it i love the change from the black and white to the color is mm-hmm. like brilliant but yeah the the witch is like pretty you know the best thing about vintage, that movie, I mean. uh, wizard of oz poster oh yeah for the yeah. movie poster yeah, yeah. Ah, nice mm-hmm. it's pretty cool i got it it's like a big frame and that's cool uh yeah talk about a powerhouse year in cinema man 1939 you're looking at like yeah mr smith goes to washington gone with the wind stagecoach wizard of oz uh that was a that was a monumental year at the oscars right there yeah and so many varied the, all these films are so different and oh yeah to come out the same year out mm-hmm. of like the hollywood system and be so different is yep. kind of amazing so yeah uh speaking of i i I noticed looking at my list here i didn't have a lot of uh i don't have i don't think any villains but uh, another villain that needs to be represented is uh barbara stanwick's character from double indemnity yeah because she really is the villain of that movie right and uh just the the woman the femme fatale that just plays the man like a fiddle yeah gets him to do whatever she wants him to do uh but yeah no barbara sandwick uh in double indemnity if you haven't if you have not seen double indemnity it's one of the greatest uh if not the greatest film noir of of all time so indeed so you just want to tack that on i just want to tack that you want to put that, that in your number count. four and not, do a double up you no, trying no, to double up again up. you sure up. i was tacking on i was tacking brian on historically likes to put you know he likes to do a sneak a top 10 into a top five by having uh you know yep. more than one pick yep. on each one so uh number four for me it's like 4.5 yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, number four for me is uh muriel in muriel's wedding played by uh tony collette 
And uh, Australia. That's an Australian film, right? uh, Australia. Australia had a really good run of films in the early 90s. They did um, uh, The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. They'd had Muriel's Wedding. And then there was the other one. It was, um, oh, man. the one Baz Luhrmann's first film uh, about Broadway uh, or like ballroom dance, uh, strictly ballroom. Strictly yeah, ballroom. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, they had a really good run there in the early nineties with this kind of alternative cinema. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tony Collette, I feel like I, I think this is her first big movie was uh, was Muriel's Wedding. And uh, for those of you that haven't seen Muriel's Wedding, this is the movie that if you want to see a movie with um, Abba. And the soundtrack featuring Abba. Yeah. Don't watch Mamma Mia. Watch nah, Muriel's Wedding. Watch Muriel, yeah. uh, there's some great Abba moments. I think I've moments. seen it before, but I cannot Some remember. great Abba moments in, uh, in Muriel's Wedding. And uh, Tony Collette plays kind of this fat Australian girl who isn't really going anywhere in life. And her friends, she is, she is like the stereotypical fat friend of the pretty girls. Right. But she is easily the smartest and the least vapid of of all these uh just bottle blonde whores that she's friends with right uh and so it's all about her self-discovery and her finding her own uh her own existence in this world where she realizes that she doesn't need these people and she finds like an old friend that she used to go to school with and then bonds over that new friendship and becomes her own person but then it is about this weird uh wedding scenario that she that she gets into and uh it's a whole thing so it's it's this where she has an idea of what she wants her ideal life to be and in no way, shape or form is that her life, but she is able to break out of what society is dictated for her and very much becomes her own person through the whole adventure of the movie. And, uh, it's, it's just a really strong character. And I feel like something that we don't see a lot of in cinema, especially Hollywood cinema, uh, you get like the, the ugly duckling that in a lot of ways stays the ugly duckling, but still has a journey of self-discovery mm. where, you know, it's like all, it's not all of a sudden where she takes her glasses off and, you know, no glasses and ponytail. The, yeah. It's not the ugly duckling that actually wasn't an ugly yeah. duckling. It's yeah, like yeah. barely covered up, covering right, up right. that they're like the ugly duckling. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Muriel's wedding. Excellent movie. Uh, I love Tony Collette. I think I've seen that movie, but I cannot remember it. I yeah. need to rewatch it. Yeah, I think I had to watch it for film school. For it was, it was, it was a sweet surprise that I watched last summer for the first time and uh, blew me away. First time I saw it, I was like, Oh my gosh, where's this movie been? And uh, it was a fantastic movie. Uh, I think Jackie would like it. Shoot. So Jackie, yeah, I'll have Jackie, to add that to my the girlfriend list. Jackie, I know you're listening for, and yeah. keeping a list. So yes, uh, I think she's our only listener. So other than <laughs> us, she's the only person that listens to the show. So, um, yeah, uh, Dan Tully Collette was in that wonderful horror movie we loved the last oh, year. God. So, Fuck yeah. Heredity. <laughs> I couldn't even remember movie. it. Oh, and she's started. bad in it. She's such a great actress, and she's so bad in it. And everybody was like, everybody was like, Tony Collette deserves an Oscar nomination for her. I was like, Fuck no. No, she's she did some amazing staring in that movie. She so did. And what a oh my everybody God. did a bunch of staring off into the we distance. We need to have a whole it's podcast like, one time on just how much we hate Heredity because I hate it. I honestly think that's what got us started on this whole it is i think that because we a mutual bonding over the hatred you, of heredity we've been talking about doing a podcast for years kind of off and on sort of thing but like finally you wrote that thing about uh heredity and mm-hmm. you wrote this long facebook post and then i commented some long ass like thesis comment yeah. on it and i think that's really like <laughs> yeah, where yeah. we started going we should just do a podcast yeah because like, you you were kind of you're like well maybe i'll give it a chance and then and then because i bit i bit hard on it and, yeah and, and i did too i was like man fuck brian i don't want to <laughs> fucking listen to his shit like nah i'm gonna get a list i'm my own person i would just watch this god this is boring oh so it, was, shitty. it was such a bad movie uh, anyway such a bad movie but yeah that's that's a what like i said we could spend a whole hour and a half talking about that indeed uh we ready to go to my number four by all means okay my number four also a classic film from 1951 directed by john houston uh the character is rose sayer from the movie the african queen have you seen that movie before brian Mm -hmm. um adventure movie uh starring uh catherine hepburn as rose sayer and uh, humphrey bogart as this boat captain charlie and rose is this charlie utter right um, that's what that's charlie alder or something i think yeah charlie utter is from uh Deadwood. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rose is this character. She's a missionary, British missionary in Africa, in German-controlled Africa, uh, some African country that was German-occupied at the time. Right. And she lives there with her brother, and she's this proper, you know, lady in you know her like petticoats and things like is that. She a nun too. It's set in no. She's just a 
She's just a woman. She's who, just a missionary, but okay. I guess it would be none like in a way. like but okay, um, yeah, yeah. But it's set. I think it's 1914 is the day the 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 time it's set, right. and so she's this proper English woman in you know the 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 far reaches of Africa, um, working with these people in this town, and uh, this boat captain, played by Humphrey Bogart, is their only connection to the outside world because he right. brings supplies to them, and he's he annoys them. He's like surly. He's uh, you know uncouth. Right. And likes it, to drink. He likes to drink, which uh, I'll get to this something about that with Humphrey Bogart in a minute too. Uh, but anyway, she, she they wind up having to flee because World War One breaks out, right? And the Germans turn on the British missionaries, yep. And they have to flee, and somewhere along the line, they come up with this plan to go down river and try to knock out this German gunboat, which is keeping any British. <sighs> basically any British supplies or anything from coming into the country. Yeah. And Bogart's um, character has like the only boat that can get he, close. Yeah. He's got a, yeah. he's like, they're going to try to turn this boat into a, like weaponize this boat, yeah. <laughs> which is a crazy plan, but it's like kind of brilliant too. And, uh, she's uh, the thing that I like about her as a character is that she starts out. You think of her this one way she's proper. She's annoyed. She's like yep. the traditional, like uh, uptight, you know, uh, school mom kind right, of right. character and then you realize like as the movie goes on that you have underestimated her and it's not that she changes as a character it's that you as the viewer underestimated her and right. you judged her for what she was and by the end she's this strong like I mean she's always been this strong character you just didn't realize that she was so strong and she you know they go through all these like perils of going down these rapids and dealing with all right. this really scary stuff leeches she, I remember a scene yeah there's, some, there's yeah. a famous scene yeah. with leeches yeah. and they go through all this and she just like weathers it all it's so wonderfully and there's such a great chemistry between her and bogart and you know he's this like he does he's rough around the edges and she's prim and proper but they right. are able to work together to overcome this thing and 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 do the try to do this thing and i won't spoil it but um it's also like i was thinking i was wondering if this movie influenced apocalypse now because okay it's very much like got the same vibe in some ways it's not got the psychedelic like sense of dread shit in it but it's on a boat in this like confined space going down a river and we know that it from jaws like movies with boats in them the (laughs) boat becomes a character right it is and 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 usually these movies become sort of a stage play yeah when they're on the boat and apocalypse Mm -hmm. now is like that too at times you got to give credit too between humphrey bogart and Catherine hepper i mean like they are the pretty much the only two people in that movie they are and And they carry it and it could have been so it could have been schlocky hokey shit if if it wasn't them and they sell it so hard and it's uh, i remember watching it with my dad and they they really believe that they are those characters you yep. can tell and they are like super like I think they both got nominated know. for that too they might have I didn't look at that the the any awards that had gotten nominated I think for Bogart might have won for that he might have I don't, I don't she know. did not but I think he yeah did. it's an entertaining movie though it it's is. just like it's also a great one of his like last movies if I'm not mistaken it he, might be he, uh, it was he, 51 yeah, was when died, it came out so he died in like 57 I think yeah somewhere I think it was 57 yeah, I think I looked yeah. at that today um maybe one of his last like big big, big movies. movies yeah but it, it's a great movie and she's great in it Catherine Hepburn of course always good and you old fuddy duddy yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just like I don't know it's just a cool you're movie a poop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anytime like it's it's interesting with like and there's some like to draw the similarities with apocalypse now when you're on a boat and you're on a river they can't take the boat off the river and off into the woods like they have to go where they're going or not get there yeah and it's the same sort of thing in apocalypse now where you're like it's so it's the impending doom of like they're eventually going to get to kurtz yeah you have to yeah you're you're hurtling towards this thing and you're either going to get there or not you're not going to turn around you're not going to go sideways yeah um so it it adds a sense of dread to it that i I appreciate i never really considered that but that, that I need to go back and watch African Queen with that mindset. And uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of comparing things to the point where they don't make sense. But you know, yeah, it's no, like, no, no, no. Uh, I, I think I, there's I like, like I was thinking about that. I was normally like, you know, normally like you're kind of saying. bullshit on that, but that's a good yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, but if you have not watched the African Queen, it's a little. It's kind of overlooked. I think it's underrated. Okay. Uh, right. if, if viewers, it, it, if I've, I've seen it. It's uh, you know a couple times, but yeah, uh, not one that really 
uh, I cherish. But yeah. No, Catherine Hepburn is excellent in that movie. It's great uh, just acting in that yeah. movie between mm-hmm. those two. So that's and, my number four. Uh, another quick aside to that is uh, Clint Eastwood's directed movie, uh, White Hunter Black Heart, is he plays a John Huston type character directing the movie that will be African Queen. And, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, if you go back and you, and you research, uh, John Huston was going through a lot of personal shit mm-hmm. uh, during the filming of that movie. Yeah. And uh, the whole story of White Hunter Black Heart is uh, Clint Eastwood's character, aka John Huston, uh, wants to kill an elephant on safari yeah. while they're in Africa. Uh-huh. And uh, it's all about him going through that process. And John, apparently, that's a real story. Like John Huston wanted to do that while they were in Africa filming African Queen. Okay, but it's like a fictionalized version of that. Like yeah. it doesn't refer to African Queen. In it. No, it's no, like but you know like that they, that's what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, but they so, have yeah. character actors who they don't call them Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn, okay, but they yeah. are actors who look just like and sound just like Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was not the greatest Clint Eastwood movie, but it was, it was worth a watch, especially like if you watch that and then watch African Queen or yeah. vice versa. It, it's it's a pretty cool. I didn't uh, did double, I know double that, feature so. there. Yeah. All right. What's your uh, your number three? <laughs> number three yeah, for three. me is a more recent movie that came out a few years ago, and it just really blew me away from for such a young actress to really just bring the the fire that is these characters. Um, is uh, Alish from Brooklyn? played by Saoirse Ronan uh, came out a few years ago uh, got nominated for best picture and uh, it's all about this uh, Irish girl who immigrates to America in the 50s okay and so it's about her uh, how about not, I've not heard of this movie oh my gosh it's so it's good. called Brooklyn? Brooklyn the movie is Brooklyn Brooklyn is the name of the and it movie. got nominated for best picture it did yeah damn yeah. I just don't pay attention anymore yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I love Saoirse Ronan Saoirse Ronan really fantastic. Saoirse Ronan in anything yeah. is going to be fantastic uh, she was absolutely amazing in Lady Bird mm-hmm. Um, also another great character another great character that I I, I considered Lady Bird or this one this one but this one really just man she just kills this role Um, because I feel more like Lady Bird was more Greta Gerwig uh, coming out through Saoirse Ronan yeah whereas I feel like Saoirse Ronan really was this character okay uh, of Ailish because she is Irish and has that uh, that mentality of you know she lived this at some point but being Irish coming to America in the 2000s, I guess, or the 90s. Um, the first thing I remember seeing her in was uh, Atonement. Yeah, yeah, that was like mm-hmm. she pissed me off too as a character. I was like, <laughs> but that's for like a yeah. for like a ten year old girl to yeah. piss you off as a character. You're like, you're, you're Bruce Dern level of, of hatred right here. Yeah, because uh, Bruce Dern always plays that character that you just hate in movies, and yeah, that, that's that's kind of how I felt about Saoirse <laughs> yeah. Ronan's character in Atonement. But uh, no, Brooklyn, she comes to America and. Uh, <laughs> more so to get away from her life in Mm -hmm. Ireland and then doesn't know how she feels about it. She's crying all the time. And then she finds, uh, that opportunity and, and starts to turn her life around, meets a man. And, uh, it's this really simple Italian guy. And, uh, she doesn't know how she feels about that. And then something happens and she has to go back to Ireland. And so she's, you know, with this Italian guy, but then there's like this really attractive Irish guy that's back in Ireland. And so there's this pull, this push pull factor, uh, but excellent movie. And she just, it's this quiet, reserved but also like fun and flirtatious and this this really great dichotomy of a character and and she just embodies all of that and you're like this the way that she plays it you're almost watching a documentary of this person in the 1950s wow and like she is that character Mm -hmm. she is that person very much to me the way that daniel day lewis was abraham lincoln in lincoln right Uh, she played she alish is the name of the character in in brooklyn and she just absolutely blows it out of the water cool i have to check that one out i yeah. definitely am excited to watch yeah, that, i've got so. iron man here for you and then yeah you can, uh, watch I'll, I'll give you brooklyn as okay, well yeah great. That, that's that's a good one too good um all right my number three is a pretty well-known character and uh look, oh here's my notes yeah so my number three is ellen ripley from alien I and aliens I and the alien you know everything Mm-hmm. Um, Ripley is like we'll, we'll have a post one day we'll have a podcast where we don't talk about alien 
yeah. Maybe one time. Alien or Star Wars. Alien yeah. or Star Wars. Yeah. We'll have we'll have one of those one time. Um, or Jaws. I just love. I mean, she's like a character that's like been with me my whole life. Like I yeah. loved Alien when I saw it as a kid. I love Aliens even more. Uh, you know, famously, I like Aliens over Alien. I love both of those movies more than just about any movie. Yeah, they're they're fantastic. And she's just such such a great strong character. Like she has a lot of agency in the things she does, and she takes control of situations even when she's not the one that really should be taking control. Right. She's like, I mean, in, in like in Alien, she's a she's a consultant for this thing, and she winds up having to really step up and like make some decisions just for these. Fuck Paul Reiser. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> damn, Paul Reiser. Um, what a snake in the grass. Yeah, but she she has to make these decisions that she wouldn't normally have to do, and she's with all these space marines. It's like yeah. she is she's as badass as these badass space marines, and she's just this woman that worked on a you know freighter ship. Just a woman with a cat. And, yeah, with a cat, Jonesy. <laughs> um, she's just a fantastic character, and I think that what like what. Uh, Scott allowed her to do as an actress in Alien is just it's incredible like that movie is about her and I mean most of that movie is just her by herself with this monster yep and she's just awesome she's an awesome character like i don't know i'm, I'm not doing her justice but i mean no, no everybody's no. seen I, alien like she's i, just, I she's, would 100 agree with you she's a strong character in like a way that like a lot of 80s movies wouldn't allow women to be strong in that way right. like it was sort of like they would be strong in a way that was adjacent to that but mm-hmm. she's allowed she does the heavy lifting yes. she doesn't just like have some man to do the work for her or right. whatever she does the work even, even she, up to the point where she is by herself she yeah. very much holds her own yeah uh, the, I, I think the one scene that really stands out to me uh in the first alien is when they're trying to come back on the ship and she's like no i'm i'm the fucking head person in charge when dallas and uh what's this john hurt's character um uh, shit. John Hurt. Yeah, John Hurt in Dallas when they're off the show, she's like, "I'm, I'm in command." Yeah, and uh, she gets overridden by Ash, and uh, as a science, you know. But I'm just like, she's like, "I'm in command" because like she knows, she knows the real deal. Mm-hmm. She's like, "If you let this fucking thing on the ship, it can contaminate us all." Yep. All right, and like that's not just some pushover female character that has that kind of position. And no, she's pragmatic. Yes, she is very much like logical and pragmatic, and people don't listen to her and they get killed because of it yep and it's that way through all the films that she's in Mm -hmm. um and you know i hate alien 3 but like whatever but you know this is a really like bringing out the shaved head look before demi moore made it popular yeah uh, definitely that awful navy seals movie she i mean yeah exactly (laughs) where's Uh, where's gi jane on this list not on my list (laughs) but sigourney weaver is just an incredible actress oh yeah plays that role so well and like you can't imagine anybody else in that role at all take like i couldn't um just exudes confidence throughout everything even when she's in this these terrifying situations agreed Uh, i don't know because uh i I would not say the first final girl final girl like that's a that's a trope in horror movies right the the, final girl mm -hmm. um but definitely popularized because i don't think anybody saw that coming like like when you watch when you start watching alien you're like it's going to be friggin uh dallas dallas is going to survive dallas is going to yeah yeah, it's like that's the that's what's going to happen uh or maybe yafit kato is just gonna you know yeah like the one black mm-hmm. dude that survives uh but unfortunately other than john hurt he's like the first one to die yeah or no 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 actually no he wasn't he it was uh he was one of the last ones that i was him and the other female and they were the last two to die. oh yeah 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 you're I'm right thinking yeah. of uh, harry dean stanton yep he was one of the first ones to go but uh yeah no no ellen ripley great great uh alien resurrection kind of ruined the, 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 like, <laughs> she's still good in that i mean for what still it is okay like, but i mean just like, whatever uh, i don't know you know just go back please let us have this this actual alien three and just have that be the trilogy and then that can be it yeah like go they were supposed to blom camp was supposed to do this alien three and we didn't get it they never got it instead they were now, supposed to discount alien three that exists now and whatever i i, I read just recently uh that disney approved and Ridley Scott's writing a script for the third prequel uh, following. Oh, well, I don't care about that anymore. <laughs> he screwed it up so much. They did. They did not do a good job with it. I, I dug Prometheus. I did then, too. I love the things that they yeah, were trying to yeah. push and then they were like, oh, nope, everybody else something like this. Let's go back to the format. We've yeah. talked about that a million yep, times we too. Have, so. We have. All right. Ellen Ripley, number three for you. Yep. So my number two. 
My number two, we're going to go with uh, one that I, I, I was really debating between one and two on this one, but one edged it out just because uh, the movie that number one is in is one of my favorite movies. Uh, and this one is a great movie, but uh, the character just stands apart in a, in a, in a, a character in a movie with amazing characters. Uh, she is not just the only character, but uh, that, that is fantastic. But I'm going to go with Matilda from The Professional, from Leon the Professional. Man, that's such a good choice. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's a great movie. You're looking and at, she's fantastic. You look at it. Natalie Portman. That was her first movie. Yeah. And plays that character with the experience of a person who's been acting for 30 years. Yeah, as she she's a little girl who is been had her innocence taken away in many ways because yes. she's been abused by these you know her her been abused by her parents, but it. then also like her whole family is taken away. Yeah, uh, and she loses everything, and she like just becomes this. She's this mature adult in the yeah, movie. It's yeah. crazy the way that she portrays that, and and but for, still retains that like these like innocent moments where right. you're like, man, she is still a kid. Like yes. shit, this is horrible for her. Yeah, and, and but she's asking John Reno how to kill people with piano wire and yeah uh, <laughs> you almost her. wish there was a sequel where she becomes an assassin that would like, i would yeah, watch the shit I out would of that see, movie yeah where's that movie exactly uh, Luke yeah. you make shitty movies like Illyrian or whatever the fuck that was oh yeah uh although I, I i did see a new one uh for john wickless it's called anna okay uh and very very much in the same vein as like lucy and just badass okay. female yeah uh but it looks like like john wick but female okay that, that's kind of what i got from it but uh very very cool vibe to it and i think he's directing it um but no, Matilda in The Professional, um, like I said, I mean, Jean Reno is amazing. Gary Oldman in that movie, just unhinged madness yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, send everybody! I mean, he just yeah. loses it. And uh, But I, I love uh, I love Natalie Portman, char- her character. I mean, and, and you look at like, okay, that was like, that's her first movie. Yeah. Her very first movie. And you come out and like, nobody, I don't think any child actor has nailed a role right out of the gate that way. Yeah. And it's like amazing that like you would think like a lot of times when child actors are that talented, they wind up not doing anything when they become an adult and right. she still had a long lasting still, career. Still like, has great output. This is a testament to this. She has true talent, like mm-hmm. just raw talent. Yeah. Um, and she ought to take her second film was a film I'm very fond of called beautiful girls. And she plays yes. like she, similarly, she plays this mature character that is a child yep. and she's giving people advice and things like that. Giving, They're giving like 35 year old men <laughs> advice well beyond her, her years. years. Yeah. And she's, she, she's as great as that character too. And yeah, she's, that's a, that's a great choice. Yep. It's good. I yeah. mean, that's a good movie to, for, to go revisit to. Yes. I could watch that movie a that's, million times. I, I'm telling you uh, like Luke Besson out of the gate had uh, La Femme Nikita mm-hmm. and Leon the Professional back to back. and Yeah, what a debut. I, I don't think, like, his debut was actually a little film. Uh, it's, it's in French. Uh, it's, it's got some of his standard players and stuff, but it yeah. came out in the early 80s and I can't remember. The, the, the name of it escapes me at this point. It's like The Little War or something like that. Uh, but then I think his second film was La Femme Nikita and yeah. Leon the Professional. Leon so the Professional was his first start. American breakout mm-hmm. role film, but man, what a what a great movie. Do they, is that movie, uh, did they film it in French too? Or did they do a French version? I don't think so. They might have, but if, it, if, if they did, I, I'm not aware it's of it. It's rare that that is done, but I thought that that was one where that was they did that. So yeah, great choice. Yep, yep. All right, uh, my number two could have been number one, but just just was edged out. My number two is Marge Gunderson from Fargo, uh, and I think she's just. We watched Fargo recently, me and my girlfriend, because she'd never seen it. Fargo is my favorite, uh, my favorite Coen Brothers film, right? And she is Frances McDormand is amazing as this pregnant cop having to deal with this ridiculous crime and she is so like she takes charge and she's in control and it's such a like 
I don't know. She's just such a strong character, and she's absolutely hilarious. She's she's hilarious without actually trying to be hilarious. Yeah, she's deadpan, and she's and that's like that, that's serious. That whole Coen Brothers Minnesota nice uh-huh. that they yeah. put into all yeah, their films. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, and so likable, and you just you just want to spend time with that character, mm-hmm. you know. And they they flip a lot of things because she's you know she's married to a police officer, but she's the dominant one in the relationship, right. and like they don't really make a big deal out of that. It's just something like that's just their life, yep. and. And he, he paints he paints uh, paintings that get on stamps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's such a great. I don't know, but them together is really wonderful. They have some great scenes together with her and her I husband. Like, I like when he just brings her the Arby's and they're just <laughs> eating Arby's, and it's just this weird scene. And then yeah. the scene where they go to the buffet and they have just just heaping <laughs> heaping piles of food yeah. on the buffet. Uh, that that's uh, that's interesting that you say Marge Gunderson because uh, we'll we'll jump ahead real quick. Marge Gunderson was my number one. That was okay. Uh, that was my number one yeah. pick uh, was Marge Gunderson so uh, great minds it could have been my number one as well and I, I think I, she's I, such that a- was the hardest thing like I, I had you know a whole bunch of people that I picked and I was like oh maybe this person this person but I was like nope top two were Matilda or Marge Gunderson and uh, I, I went back and forth on that but I like Fargo is a better movie so I think that put Marge Gunderson <laughs> ahead top, yeah. of, of, of Matilda I think that and th- she's the, this character is the reason why I wanted to do this list I had no idea whether she would be at the top of it or even in my top five but right. watching that movie was like I want to do top five female characters. She's such a great, a well written female character. Yeah, and I feel like since Frances McDormand is married to Joel Cohen, I think Ethan, so. Yes, one, one of them. Yes, I can't remember which one. Uh, but she is married to one of the Coens, and I, you know, like clearly this this role was written for her, but she's also one of those actresses that is going to take that material and then elevate it to another level where I I can't see anybody else playing that role. Yeah. It could have been this joke of a character too. That was like, it could have been annoying. It could have been, um, just her affectation and all this stuff could have gotten old and Mm -hmm. she just plays it so well that like, yeah, no one else could play that character. And, And there's a lot to be said about her character because she plays that character without actually a whole lot of dialogue there's not a no. whole like she doesn't say a whole lot when, when you when you actually go back and watch Fargo she doesn't say a whole lot in that movie it's more uh-huh. her reacting to the things that are happening to yeah. her um, and then just those weird bursts of you know it's like there's the car there's the car you know yeah. I, I think one of the best lines in cinema is like uh, said that's your friend in the wood chipper over there eh? <laughs> and I mean like, yeah. like what other movie are you going to get that in and uh, she just absolutely insane and and i love that uh in the fargo tv show which i don't know that you if you've seen i haven't i've heard good things about it uh they they carry over those kind of strong female characters in the same vein as marge gunderson uh and they all have uh their own kind of mentality and their same similarities to her character yeah uh but being their own independent yeah but having that same kind of cool thing cool aspect about them but yeah yeah Fargo's and there are a lot of the Coen Brothers movies are like this. They're, they're a big fan of uh, putting space in scenes. There's a lot of quiet. There's yeah. a lot of like space between things. And like, yeah, she doesn't have a ton of lines. And sometimes it's just her like ad- admiring a scene or like staring out into mm-hmm. the scene or witnessing this thing. Um, they, they play a lot with sound and with it being cold. And it's like this lack of like audio. And you yeah. just kind of hear the wind whipping. And it's stuff almost like, like that. You, and you can hear the snow falling. Yeah. But yeah. don't hear the snow falling exactly and, and they're so good at that that's yep. why it's really frustrating you guys see coen brothers movies in the theater because people wind up talking during the quiet parts right. and it's like no shut up yeah like, you know this is, this is what movies this is what good movies do yeah it, it, they give it the space they let mm-hmm. the, the the movie like have its have its space to develop yep yeah great choice yeah i know marge gunderson uh joey's number two my number one uh i i i couldn't think of anybody other than Matilda from the professional, that was the the other. I was debating back and forth, but uh, you you beat me to it, Marge Gunderson. Uh, but, sorry, to steal your oh, no, thunder, no, you're but fine. it's like you're once fine. again we segued perfectly with that. So I guess we'll go to my number one, go right which ahead. probably is no surprise to you, but it is Princess Leia Organa <laughs> from Star Wars, and I just this no, is I like didn't see that coming at all. Okay, well, sorry, everybody's <laughs> tired of me. I actually th- there's a lot I don't like about Star Wars anymore because I hate the new movies and shit. <laughs> 
I, I got to retire talking about Star Wars, but no, I had to do no, it for no, this no, one. I no. thought about putting her second just to make a point or something. I was like, no, she's got to be my number one. Like, she, like, Carrie Fisher was like my first crush as oh, a kid when I was like, sure. before I even realized what a crush was. Yeah. She, and she's such a great character. She's like, such a she, badass in A New Hope. Is. I mean, she, she yeah. walks around that, like, like standing toe to toe with Darth Vader. <laughs> Yeah, even even in like like their very first scene together, uh-huh. she which had, she could he could just kill her on the spot, yeah. and she's like, she's like, I got the you. I got the fucking lady balls to just bluff the shit out of you right now. Yeah, and, she does, and she she does it, and stands toe to toe with Harrison Ford as Han Solo yeah. in a way that's like just like throws him off, like yeah. it just knocks him off his pedestal. It makes him disoriented and does that throughout the whole series yep and also those two are in i've said it before the greatest like line in film history is i love you i know Uh, she's part of that scene and like Mm -hmm. that is that means something um you know and like she just is like they don't hyper sexualize her in the movies the way that they a lot of like 80s or you know 70s 80s movies would do except for jedi they do but it 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 but it makes sense serves a purpose like it does you know and like carrie fisher in that iron bikini is that's uh, that's hot many you know? yeah, many uh yeah. many knuckle children have been sacrificed <laughs> yeah. to the porcelain gods yeah. on that one you know yeah and but it doesn't cheapen her character at all no. to go through that no, no, and no. like i don't know i just think she's and she's perhaps the best part like of of return of the jedi is her scenes um in that not just because of the bikini but because right. she's like just so <laughs> she just takes charge and she yeah. does things and she's, she's like, like in I, there and it's she's been a while since i've seen jedi but i mean just the the couple scenes where she's in the forest before the before the speed bike yeah. chase and they're just walking around the forest and just her interactions with Luke and with Han and everything going on and then even after uh, even with her like little moments with the Ewoks in Jedi uh, have have their own weight that you you really it really rounds out her character it and, does and who she is well how about her posing as the as the uh, bounty hunter to try to save yeah. Han, like yeah. and like risking her life in this badass way, pulling yeah. out this bomb and saying, "I'll blow us all up." Yep, like <laughs> that's such a great scene. I can't, you know? I can't do the voice, but I, like I can hear the voice. Of, I don't like I, yeah. whatever her, whatever her <laughs> voice utterances are in that. Uh, and then like she takes that mask off and she's like, "Somebody who loves you," and you're like, "Oh my yeah. gosh!" Like, yes, let's go. It's so good. Like one of the great romances in film history too. And just I don't know. So I, she's just such a great character and wonderful and mm-hmm. i just like i'm very sad that carrie fisher's gone i am too um, that was that was a very sudden uh nobody saw it coming and yeah she died and it was just like wow that was unexpected yeah and it's a shame she didn't have more of a career than she did she did do some wonderful things she wrote some really great books and her yeah. like if you've never seen her like uh one woman shows on it they have them on hbo i think right. there's two of them right she's really good in that where she tells stories about her also a very underrated and, role in when harry met sally yeah yeah, yeah. uh she, she plays is, yeah. sally's best friend mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> when you're right you're right. <laughs> yeah. You're right. <laughs> she deserved to have an Indiana Jones in her repertoire as did Harrison did. Harrison got two great right. characters. Right, right, right. She deserved to have another great character. I but agree. leaving us with Leia was like, this is a yeah, wonderful gift that she'll always be remembered for. So. so how do you feel about Leia having those insane force powers in Last Jedi? Ah, oh, man. It just it was so poorly done, just like everything else in these newer movies. This, <laughs> as, the more I think about them, I started out liking them, and then I just it just keeps, I just keep, they just keep dropping in my yeah. estimation. And I'm like, yeah. uh, why? This is there was so much you could have done with this, yep. and you chose that. So also, I'm I'm really interested to see. I mean, we're what six months away from uh, from the new Star Wars mm-hmm. coming out. Uh, I'm really interested to see how they treat her character in this new movie. They say that she's in it a, a decent amount. To yeah, like actually, they, they took a lot of the footage from and, Last Jedi and put it in this one. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't know. How I, I don't know. I, I I don't know either. So we'll see. Not a hundred percent on it. Last Jedi. I didn't hate it like a lot of people did, but I didn't love it. Um, yeah, and I actively hate it. Yeah, <laughs> and more and more as time goes on, but. Anyway, we've talked about that on here before, too, so we don't need to do that. But. You know what we need to talk about a little bit more? <laughs> yeah. Alien. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I promise you, we were like, I told Brian, I was like, let's do a character's thing so we don't talk about the same movies that we always talk about. And then here we are talking about, it's my fault, but. No, it's okay. 
Hey, you know, there, there's like those three people out there. They're like, yeah, man, more alien. Let's go. Let's talk about more alien. Yeah, it's just yeah. you, me, and Jackie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jackie hasn't even seen Alien yet, so oh, she's no. got a. She's it's on her list. So she will watch it but um yeah i don't know what we're gonna do next time but we appreciate you listening to this and, absolutely yeah I, I always um, have a good time doing these uh i haven't really taken a time to say that but um th- i look forward to it whenever we get me together. too and i was and, worried when we started i was like is this gonna be something i'm gonna be like oh i gotta go do that and yeah it's not been that way i really I, enjoy it like when we we, t- we took a couple weeks off just to you know have life and stuff happen mm-hmm. to us but uh I, I look forward to this every week and uh i hope you guys enjoy at least some of the stuff that we're talking about or if nothing else uh, you, you get to hear us ramble about nonsense uh, <laughs> yeah. and and have our weird opinions on shit but uh, if 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 we impress upon you as in like if, if one person watches double indemnity because, because of, of this because yeah. of this then I'm totally happy with that and send us your input on it too I don't yeah, know you absolutely. can get in touch I mean, with us online can, and stuff and yep. send us if you have input or criticisms or whatever these movies we're not experts you no, know we're no. just saying what we feel and what we've learned over the years through watching which movies isn't much reading about. Uh, yeah, I learned a whole it's lot. not worth anything really so. <laughs> um, but thank you for listening and you can find me on everything at DJT Panda all one word DJT Panda all one word and you can find Brian you can find me uh, BFG Wilmington Trivia uh, that's not all one word. It's BFG space Wilmington space trivia. trivia. Okay. So uh, BFG Wilmington trivia on Facebook as well as nofelix.com, uh, my Oscars breakdown website. So uh, those are uh, that's where you can find me. And like I said, leave comments, talk about it. Whatever. If you guys are feeling it, if you're not feeling it, just let us know. Uh, I think you can also review us on iTunes because we're on there. So I haven't even looked at that. But if either. you want to drop us a review. Unless it's a bad one, don't leave it. But, uh, <laughs> Stop talking about alien. <laughs> Talks about alien too much. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, we thank you guys so much for uh, for listening to us, or in tonight's case, uh, guys and gals. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Everybody's welcome here on the Orca. And, uh, of course, as always, you're going to need a bigger boat. And we will see you next time. Hooper drives the boat, chief. <laughs> <laughs> oh.